This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm great. I'm sh- I guarantee I know you're excited this morning, Naz. Uh, Probably wearing your Buffalo Bills number 78 Bruce Smith jersey. It's a big day for the Buffalo Bills uh, tonight, uh, day tonight. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. It's been a long time since the Bills have been in that game. Naz, are you excited? Very excited. The whole family is excited. <laughs> I think the whole city of Buffalo is excited. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, everybody down in the Bills Mafia are uh are getting ready, uh, Bills fans. Uh, of course, uh, the great Buffalo Bills fans uh, uh, would uh, would love a Buffalo victory and another trip to uh, to Tampa for for the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's that's the site of the infamous Scott Norwood ride, wide right. So, wouldn't that be poetic justice if the Bills got an opportunity to win? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, we'll look forward to that game. And who better? talk about Buffalo Bills uh, football. He's uh, coming up later in the show. The legend himself, Hall of Fame coach Marv Levy. Uh, 95 years young. Remarkable. Naz, I know you've been chatting with him uh, over the course of the last couple of days to set up this interview. Uh, uh, Brief thoughts uh, about Marv and uh, we'll get an opportunity to chat with him later in the show. Marv is quite a coach. Four Super Bowls. Nobody's done that. Uh, remarkable. Four straight Super Bowls uh, took the Bills. Should have won the first one. Um, they, they were the they were that particular year. I don't know if you remember. They had blown out the. Uh, I don't know if they were the L.A. Raiders or the Oakland Raiders in in nineteen ninety one three fifty one yeah, fifty one three. They just it was uh, Jim Kelly and the K Gun. I think they used to call it Naz, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah. They were seven point favorites in the Super Bowl and lost. Yeah, and uh, they were a remarkable team, a remarkable group of characters, and uh, the uh, the guy uh, directing all the signals on the coaching sidelines, Marv Levy. Uh, we're thrilled to have him later on in the hour. Also in the hour, we'll be talking a little bit of golf with Matt Janella. Matt, uh, formerly of the Golf Channel and Morning Drive, has gone off to pursue other ventures. He's actually joining us from San Diego this morning. We'll have him on just after the first break. Uh, it's going to be a little bit early for him, uh, but he's uh, indicated to me he'd uh, love to get up and uh, join us, and we'll chat a little bit of golf as well. So uh, got a lot of other things going on in the sports world. The Leafs are heading out west. Uh, Blue Jays made a big signing, but I think we'd be remiss, Naz. You know, over the years, we've done a lot of tribute shows for a lot of the legends that uh, yep. uh, that have passed away. So many, uh, Jean Beliveau, uh, Gordie Howe, Muhammad Ali, um, Johnny Bauer, 
uh, we've done shows, and I think I think it's appropriate uh, if we didn't pay our respects to uh, one of the greatest ball players, one of the greatest figures uh, of his time, Hammerin Hank Aaron, who passed away this week at the age of 86. Hank was a legend. He was one of the greatest ball players of all time, without question, statistics. Um, I read over some of them this week, Nez. Um, just a remarkable, remarkable career. Um, your thoughts, Nez? Yeah, a long career, and he was uh, he went through some troubling times back then in the States. Yeah, he, he certainly he, he wasn't living in hotels. He was, he was a disaster for him, but he handled yeah. it professionally, and he was a great ball player. He, he was a great ball player. He was a great man. As you said, as you uh, correctly pointed out, Naz, uh, he lived through some turbulent times in American history. Uh, came up in the 1950s, just after Jackie Robinson had broken the color barrier in Major League Baseball. He had to, you know, uh, Hank and uh, the African-American players of his era uh, had to deal with uh, racism, um, disrespect, uh, weren't treated as human beings. And Hank Aaron, I will remember him as being... Uh, um, an incredible baseball player and an incredible human being dealt with, dealt with all of that with class. He was a gentleman. He was a remarkable man. Um, to any of our listeners, I read a fantastic article by Tim Layden, who uh, now writes for an NBC sports was a senior writer for sports illustrated for 25 years. Just uh, if you want to go and, and, and read a remarkable article about, about Hank Aaron, it's called the history of Hank Aaron interwoven into the fabric of America through the numbers. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best thing, one of the best sports pieces I've read in a long, long time. Congratulations to Tom Layden. Uh, I'll just the stats, his stats were remarkable and you know, they're, they're Gretzky like in, in their, in some ways. Um, I mean, I, to me, he's still, you know, the greatest home run hitter in history. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not granting that record to Barry Bonds. Uh, Hank Aaron, 20 years, 20 home runs, uh, 20, 25 years, I think an all-star, but here's the most remarkable statistic for Hank Aaron. Six thousand, the thing about Hank Aaron, he hit home runs, he hit for average, he hit RBIs. He could also steal bases. Yeah, he was a all-around player. Yeah. 6,856 total bases. Apparently that's like 17 or 18 miles. Um, 722 more than the man who finished second. 722 more total bases. A record I I, I don't think is ever going to be gotten close to. The, the man who was second was a legend himself, Stan, Stan Musial. Um, so all we can say is, Hank Aaron, uh, you inspired us. Um, on the field, you inspired a generation off the field. Um, all we can say is rest in peace. Um, your life achieved so much good. Uh, you suffered so much, but, uh, you've left an incredible legacy behind. Uh, you will never be forgotten. Hank Aaron, a uh, couple of, uh, minutes before we go to break, Nas, uh, we got Marv Levy coming on um, at the end of the show. Let's uh, let's have a couple of uh, 
minutes to size up the Bills game. Um, they're going up against the Chiefs. Got to say, I didn't, I didn't Super Bowl champion too. And the Super Bowl champions. Thank you for pointing that out, Naz. That's, uh, it's not easy to take on the Super Bowl champions on their home turf. I thought the Browns did a pretty good job against the Chiefs last week. And um, controversial call at the end of the first half may or may not have changed the course of the game. The, the Brownies came on really strong in the second half. Um, that call when the, the Browns receiver, whose name escapes me, uh, near the end of the first half, tried to get into the end zone, stretched the ball out. Uh, the ball um, fumbled, and it fumbled through the end zone. Two, two rules came into play there that I think they have to have some serious look at. Number one, fumbling the ball through the end zone ends up in an automatic touchback. But if you fumble the ball out at the half-inch line, <laughs> you know, you still keep the ball. I don't understand the logic behind the difference, uh, but that rule's there, and it, it was appropriately interpreted. I, I think they have to have a look at that one. Uh, the second rule is the, the, the Brown, Browns receiver was clearly hit in the head by the helmet of the chief defender, which in my estimation caused the fumble. The referee missed it. Uh, everybody suggested the referee missed it. Uh, it should have been first down for the Browns on the one-yard line. They probably would have scored the ball in the second half. Maybe it's a different game. Maybe it's not. Mahomes generally just does what he has to do to win. And in this situation, was Chad Henney. Uh, Naz, your reaction to what you saw with the Kansas City Chiefs last Sunday, and how, how did the Bills uh, shape up against the Chiefs? I think that uh, that should have been called a, uh, a fumble outside on the one-yard line. It was caught, the, the hit to the helmet caused the fumble for sure. And that should have been at the one-yard line for Cleveland. And it definitely was the turning point of the, of the game. I thought Mahomes didn't play that well. He hasn't been really impressed in the last month. So I think there's injuries involved. Well, he had a concussion on last Sunday. And I think that's the key today, how good Mahomes is going to be. Because I don't think he's 100%, and uh, the Bills should take advantage of it. Yeah, the, the other, uh, yeah, as, as you point out, Naz, uh, Mahomes... Uh was taken out of the game, I think it was early in the fourth quarter, late third quarter, I don't remember exactly. Chad Henney came in, uh, did what he had to do. Um, Mahomes, I think, was fighting off a foot problem. I think he's got a problem with his toe as well, which yeah. which may which may restrict his mobility. You know, that could be a factor in uh, in the in the Bills' favor. Uh, the concussion. You know, I mean, he's. I presume. I guess the doctors have cleared him. He's gone through the concussion protocol. I presume every every safeguard has been put in place. So he's he's been taking all the snaps uh, most of the week. So he seems to be ready for. I, I think I'm more concerned about his foot. You know, if that restricts his mobility somewhat, you know, a lot of Pat Mahomes' game is his mobility. So if he's uh, if he's got difficulty heading downfield with his feet or. Uh, scrambling around that may work to the bills favor bills and chiefs faced off in the sixth week uh chiefs handled the bills fairly easily in that game although the bills uh, have a couple of defensive guys that weren't in that game back uh and this is a different buffalo bills team than i think in the sixth week of the season as uh um absolutely Absolutely. The Bills are a lot different. Did you know, notice how what's changed. The running game is not not effective on either side. 
The, the, the NFL game has turned into a passing game. I remember when Marv Levy coached against Can- against Kansas City in the championship in '93, uh, I think, or '94. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, Thurman Thomas gained almost 170 yards, and Kenneth Davis was a hundred-yard rusher too that game. And that's well, changed now. The NFL is a passing game, not a rushing game. Uh, it, it certainly uh, you got to have a gunslinger back there. There's no question about that. Uh, on that note, we'll have a further opportunity to uh, chat some Buffalo Bills football with Marv Levy later on in the hour. And we're going to go to break, and we'll talk a little bit of golf with Matt Janella. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville and Headbands put our heads together to create the Family Game Night Special. Get two large pizzas with six toppings between them, four dips, six bread knots, or one pound of potato wedges, plus a free Headbands board game. All for just $36. It's the most fun you can have with your bubble. Order at pizzaville.ca, the Pizzaville app, or pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He's only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in Toronto, 96.7 FM, live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour a good friend of ours, Matt Janella. Matt, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, Matt. I know it's uh, Matt. You're uh, just let our listeners know you're in San Diego this morning, so it's a little bit early for you. Uh, we, we really appreciate you uh, re- uh, shuffling your schedule to join us. Thank you so much. Um, first question I got to ask you, Matt: How does a golfer shoot 69 and not win any skins? <laughs> Uh, well, Goat Hill Park on uh, <laughs> on Friday afternoon, uh, par sixty five. That's 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 why you know I've, uh, it's still four over. But you know, good round for me, not good enough to to, to win the money though. 
Yeah, just so our listeners know, uh, you broke uh, you broke the sound barrier on Friday playing golf. <laughs> you broke you broke seventy, but uh, you didn't win any skins, which uh, yeah, but you did win some cash. So I guess I guess overall it was uh, it was a successful day for you, Matt. We've known you. Uh, we've been friends uh, on the show for uh, over the years, and it's. It's always been, uh, you know, I look out my window. Uh, we, as you probably aware, we do these shows remotely. We don't do them from studio anymore. I'm in, mm. I'm in my study overlooking my front yard, and I see a whole bunch of snow out there. And when I see a whole bunch of snow out there, I start thinking of locations like Florida and Arizona and San Diego, and I start thinking of Matt Janella uh, because you've you've uh, devoted quite a bit of your career to golf travel on on the Golf Channel on Morning Drive. Uh, Bring us up to speed, Matt. The, the golf travel industry in COVID, um, how much of a challenge is it for the golf travel industry right now? Well, you know, it, it, there there are challenges uh, that are obviously happening. Uh, a lot more people getting in their cars and going to golf destinations than getting on planes. So there's been, a, you know, a pr- pretty significant adjustment as to how far people are going and, and how they're getting there. Um, people are looking around saying, oh, well, normally I go to Ireland or normally I go to Scotland or normally I might go to Bannett. Well, what's actually close enough now if we get in our car and go? So there, people are still moving around, but it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a lot different than we would have seen a year ago. And I, and I think, you know, rounds are up, as you know, in, in the U.S., 50 million more rounds were played in 2020 than were played in 2019. And that's with, the industry basically being, you know, on lockdown for six to eight weeks, depending on where you were. Um, that's, you know, the 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 silver lining, uh, if you will, to a global pandemic, which has been an absolutely horrific situation on so many levels, is the fact that people are playing golf. Um, uh, as an outlet uh, to getting outside, you know, obviously now uh, it's a little bit different in, in the north and, and where you are, but but people are still playing golf at a pretty uh, pretty incredible clip um, uh, down here, especially in San Diego. I'll turn it over to my co-host Naz. Naz, how is the, how is the rest of the golf industry? I know in Canada it's gone up, but uh, what about the the golf stores and the uh, the uh, apparel industry. How is that in the state? Matt? It's 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 every it's everything is up because people are still consuming the game or like you said, thinking about the game, uh, trying to get better at the game. You know, the the, the twenty twenty five years ago, uh, you know, the game had identified some significant issues: accessibility, affordability. Uh, you know, time uh, was was a factor, and there's been so many other uh, aspects of the game that have been developed, like short courses, simulator golf, uh, you know, ju- junior uh, programs, uh, accessibility programs. Um, that I think that uh, what the ind- you know, again, unbeknownst to the industry, that you know, we we'd have something as catastrophic as a global pandemic, you know. Hit. I mean, even prior to all of prior to all of this, even you know, prior to the spike of of, of interest, now in the last year, because of because of the circumstances, I think the game had positioned itself quite well for uh, for what was going to be going forward. 
Uh, and obviously, we're seeing the end of Tiger Woods. Uh, and so that, that was also the big question. What does golf do post-Tiger Woods? Well, I think it did a lot of the right things. So I, I think now and going forward, uh, will we keep all the 50 million more rounds or, you know, probably not. But I think it's going to be a lot more than zero. I think the game is positioned uh, very nicely uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Matt, I think, I think you're certainly the, from, from a Canadian's point of view, it's, we can't get, to, it's very difficult for us to get to the States. I haven't been able to hook up with my, with my American golf buddies in a, in a long time, and I'm looking forward to that. But I did notice this year, you correctly pointed out, uh, tee times were at a premium, which is, was almost impossible to get tee times this year. Uh, Matt, you spent a lot of time uh, talking about golf travel. Uh, you're still uh, doing it with your podcast, The Fire Pit. Uh, it's a great podcast. Um, you did some remarkable, uh, remarkable interviews with my two favorite golf course designer. Of course, I'm talking about Coor and Crenshaw. Uh, they're probably, uh, when I plan, when I plan a golf trip, the, one of the things I always look for, is there a core Crenshaw course close by? Cause they are, they are at the top of the list in my book. And there's, there's, uh, um, a location, a place that's become a destination for golf in North America. It's like almost become like the Holy grail of North American golf trips. It's called Bandon Dunes. Uh, just share with our listeners uh, why Bandon is such a such a mecca for golf for golf travel now, and uh, and uh, Coor and Crenshaw have a new course there. Yeah, I got to see it. It opened in June of last year, and then I got to see it again and on my buddy's trip in October. Um, it's the fifth big course at Bandon Dunes uh, now since they started. Uh, you know, since they opened Bandon Dunes in 1999, Pacific Dunes by Tom Doak uh, opened in 2001. So you had David Kidd and Tom Doak. Then 2005 was Bandon Trails by by Core and Crenshaw. And then 2010, you had Old McDonald, an homage uh, to CB McDonald by Doak and Jim Urbina. In the 2012, you had Bandon Preserve, which is 13-hole Core and Crenshaw Par Three course. Uh, 2014, I believe they opened up the Punch Bowl, which is the putting course uh, right near the Pacific Dunes Clubhouse. And now in, in 2020, they opened up the Sheep Ranch by Corn Crenshaw, which is essentially a, a transformation of a piece of property that they had uh, just uh, just north of, of the resort itself. Uh, and um, and they had 13 greens out there that were built by Tom Doak and Jim Urbina and that people could have access to uh, to go out and kind of create their own adventure. And then uh, Phil Friedman and Mike Kaiser, uh, Phil Friedman had been uh, partners with Mike Kaiser on that piece of property. They decided uh, that they would go forward and it was going to be a tricky routing and uh, ultimately Bill Corr figured it out. And put a, a yet another spectacular world class uh, experience there, uh, where you have nine greens on the coastline, uh, so nine kind of infinity greens. They made the greens fairly benign. There's no sand bunkers because of the wind factor. Knowing that due to maintenance and and uh, and playability, they they just made grass bunkers out there. So what you have ultimately is just a fun factory. If you catch it with no wind, it's very vulnerable, and uh, and and you can have the best round of your life. If you catch it in wind, it's going to still be playable and still be fun and still be a great experience. So you have 
the five big courses now, uh, all with their own unique uh, character and, and setting. You get the, you know, the the Bannon Preserve and the put, the putting course, and you have the you know minimalist lodging, and you have the emphasis on golf, uh, and that's why. To answer your question, that's why Bandon is what it is. Uh, it's you know we have Pinehurst, we have Bandon, uh, and I think they they are unique in their own ways, hubs of great golf, not unlike what we had in the home of golf at St Andrews. So now you know the U.S. is kind of cultivating these stay and play destinations where you have everything on one piece of property and you don't have to move around. And, um, and, and that's why over time it's become Bandon has become what it, what it is today. Uh, um, Matt, have you had an opportunity to get up to Cabot in, uh, in uh, Nova Scotia? Oh, I, well, I've been there several times and yeah. covered the development of it, uh, you know, throughout, uh, throughout, you know, the, the building of Cabot and did several stories on, on the impact it's had on uh, the community there in Inverness. And, um, you know, blown away. Again, it's yet another, it's kind of a mini Kaiser destination at this point, just with two two big courses and then the short course. But, you know, Corn Crenshaw and, and Cabot Cliffs is, um, you know, instantly went into the top 25 courses in the world. And that's and that's what Mike Kaiser does. It finds the land, puts the priority on golf, hires the right architects, and then gives us the opportunity to go and you know wander about and play this great game of golf. Ness, yeah, Matt, uh, eighteen hole golf course uh, to me is a little long. I'm not a great golfer, but I'm not bad at it. But uh, <laughs> how many twelve hole golf courses are there in the states now? Has it changed to? Uh, to a 12-hole golf course. You know, I don't know the exact number, but what we are, what, what I will tell you is if we talk a year from now, we're going to see more than what we have right now. I think, you know, I think traditionally we always thought of golf as, oh, it has to be 18 holes and it has to be X amount of yards and you have to have this many par fives and this many par threes and that's par 72 and that's what it is. And we called that golf. It was, it's traditional golf. But I think now, you know, like in basketball, you can go out and play half court, three on three, horse, pig, you know, 21. Uh, you know, you very rarely play five on five full court basketball. And yet you still call it basketball because it's, it's the game being played. And I think golf has now, uh, figured that out that we don't necessarily have to just play 18 hole traditional big golf for it to feel like golf. I think play, you know, more development of nine hole courses, 12 hole courses, six hole, uh, you know, courses that are additional piece, you know, uh, uh, elements to a portfolio at a particular destination is where we're going to get and and things you know different uh, uh, formats uh, all of that is going to be have one club tournaments you know more of that stuff is happening which is again plays back to where we originally started which is why golf is positioned so well going forward is because the walls are down it is more accessible it is more affordable we are seeing this reimagining of these destinations if they struggle if they built two big courses or three big courses and they don't have the business models to support it the reimagination of of part of that land to make it a 12 hole course or a nine hole par three course or well, let's make a kid's course over here and, and redo the driving range over here that's the kind of stuff that's happening 
um, and, and will continue to happen going forward. A lot less new builds of 18-hole traditional courses, but a lot of reimagination of destinations to give us, the consumer, more options as to how we consume the game. So we can do it in less time. Uh, and so we can get a golf experience in an hour or two instead of being forced to do the four- or five-hour traditional golf experience. Uh, we're talking to Matt Chanella. Matt, uh, I didn't have this on my notes, but it just popped into my head, and I, you know, just, I'm just curious. Um, very few people have played uh, as much golf around the world as you have. Uh, if you're able to or able to distill down to one, two, three, four courses, what, uh, what are your favorite courses to play and why? Well, I, I always tell everybody, you know, at some point in your life, you've got to play the old course at St. Andrews. That, to me, is in its own category. That's that's the kind of special experience that um, that you can't get anywhere else. The home of golf, you know, you leave uh, the town of St. Andrews as you go out to, you know, and, and then by the time the ninth hole goes, you start making the turn back towards town. That That's... that's pure spirituality and, and, and a special experience. Um, all, all the courses at Bandon Dunes for me, um, a rank up there, you know, as you're going around, you know, if you're going around, like for me, Pebble beach is in my, is in my top five because it's such a special spiritual experience. Um, but in terms of a destination, I would throw Bandon in there, I, you know, Bandon Pacific sheep ranch and Bandon trails. To me, it's very hard to pick, one um uh, and and usually i like the one that i'm on at the time um and so those all qualify for me uh you know i like i like courses like beth page black Pinehurst number two um these are all uh, pasa tiempo in santa cruz these are all courses in my top five of play of courses you can play uh in terms of accessibility uh, if you go outside the U.S., you know, besides the old course, I, I, you know, I love, you know, if you ask me the Canadian courses, obviously Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs are in there. Banff uh, is an amazing uh, experience to me. So, so unique and uh, and different. It's not, it's, it's mountain golf, but it's just golf in the mountains, not mountain golf with the high uh, elevation changes, et cetera. I like a lot of what's going on in Whistler and, and, uh, uh, but you know, it, it's it's a buyer's market right now. The the uh, the endless opportunities for us to continue to travel and discover, you know, the way the land is transformed into a golf course is uh, it's an embarrassment of riches right now. Uh, Matt, uh, I can't believe how time goes by so quickly when I get an opportunity to talk about golf and golf travel, and Naz and I get an opportunity to chat with you about that. But uh, we've, we've sort of run out of time. We've got to move on. Uh, I, I will, uh, I, as you, as uh, someday I got to catch up with you in a skins game down in Florida. I got, I got to make, I got to make the pilgrimage to you, to your game. But uh, tell our listeners what's, uh, what projects you've got on the go, uh, where they can find you on the internet. Uh, uh, fill our listeners in. I'm just about to launch uh, the firepitcollective.com, a website really dedicated to storytelling around the game of golf. So new production company. We're in the works of uh, season two of the Fire Pit podcast, telling stories uh, that you'd want to hear around a fire pit or, li- you know, or, or listen to around a fire pit. 
Uh, we'll do traditional travel uh, journeys. We're bringing back the ambush, the uh, the thing I did for six years at Golf Digest, which is a showcase uh, buddies trips uh, around the world. So we'll uh, we'll surprise your tr- your group. Uh, if you submit your uh, trip and I'll show up with prizes and a camera crew, we'll tell your story as to why you go there, uh, traditions of your trip. So the firepitcollective.com will be launching here in the next uh, week uh, or two, and uh, and it'll be a wide variety of, of, of travel-centric uh, golf-related content. And Matt, we certainly look forward to that. We thank you so much for joining us, for accommodating us, for getting up so early. And uh, this, all this talk of golf's got me uh, probably going to go hit some <laughs> balls down in my basement uh, this afternoon and drive my wife crazy. Anyways, Matt, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. Enjoy the day of football, guys. We sure will. Uh, we sure will. Matt Janella, thanks. Naz, we've got to go to break, and uh, we'll be right back with the legend himself, Marv Levy. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a Medium Gourmet Pizza for just $13.99. That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizzaville, seat. Pizzaville, stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He's only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new M740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. It is certainly an incredible privilege to welcome back I, I should say, to the Nets and Wally Sports Hour, Hall of Fame coach, the legend himself, Coach Marv Levy. Good morning, Marv. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning to you, and I hope you're fine. It's a pleasure to talk with you and the good fans there. 
Well, thanks so much, Marv. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. I think the last time we had you on the show, I think the Chicago Cubs had just won the World Series. And <laughs> we, we got an opportunity to chat about that. And uh, I'm going to start off. Uh, I'm going to start off this session, Marv, by just relaying this to you. There's no place I'd ba- rather be than right here, right now, speaking with you. Uh, I've learned uh, over time to follow a lot of your sayings. So many of them are inspirational. Uh, that's, of course, I'm, uh, I've got to give you credit for that one. I have to footnote you on that one. That's obviously a Marv Levy saying. And I actually used it once just before a championship game. I was coaching minor hockey in the city of Vaughan Hockey Association, and I used it with my kids. And uh, thankfully, we ended up winning that game. Uh, (laughs) Marv, how are you? Our listeners are thrilled to hear your voice. Uh, You're 95 years young. Um, You're doing fantastic. Uh, Just let our listeners know how uh, how Marv Levy is doing these days. Well, fortunately, during these tough corona pandemic times, my family and I are doing okay, and... uh, we look forward to uh, hope it's the same for for you and get this darn thing conquered and uh, move forward. But right at 95, I guess I'm still active for my age anyway. I get in about an hour's worth of uh, moderate exercise every day and uh, try to stay active. Uh, Naz, go ahead. How much would a, a Super Bowl victory mean to the city of Buffalo, Mark? Oh, it would be tremendous, of course. They're great fans, great fans there in Buffalo. And I should mention, we back then, we and maybe still, about 20% of our fans did come from right across uh, the border in Canada. We had a lot of fans who had come from there in uh, Niagara on the Lake and those areas. Anyway, um, uh, it, it means a lot. I've been in close touch with Sean McDermott, their, their fine coach and uh, stay in touch with the fans and the people in the organization. Uh, I coached 47 years. Only 12 of them were in Buffalo, but they really, I remember them well, so well and fondly. Interestingly enough, Marv, uh, the Bills are up against the Chiefs today in the AF, uh, AFC Championship game. You actually coached both teams. You had a opportunity to coach the uh the chiefs after uh after the montreal Alouettes and your tremendous cfl coaching career a couple of great cups you went down to kansas city coached there for a while and then you had that fantastic run in buffalo but uh bills and chiefs faced off in an AF, afc championship game you were you were coaching the bills at the time and in that game there were eight hall of famers Joe Montana, Marcus Allen, Derek Thomas, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith, and of course, the eighth Hall of Famer was Marv Levy. Uh, what do you remember about that uh, that particular uh, that particular AFC Championship game between uh, between the Bills and the Chiefs? Well, I do remember it. We played it in Buffalo. We dominated the game pretty well. Uh, I, I do recall Joe Montana was in the twilight of his career, but still playing well enough to get his team right on the brink of going back to a, a another Super Bowl game. He'd been with the 49ers throughout most of his career. And um, I do recall we, we dominated the game. We uh, sacked poor Joe six times during that game. And late in the game, he was flushed out of the pocket and came running towards our sideline 
Bruce Smith tackled him, knocked him over, rolled up. Joe rolled up about uh, uh, 12 inches from my face, looked at me, and said, I'm getting too old for this bleep. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so uh, that, that I remember that. I do remember we won it, of course. Nez? Mark, what impresses you with uh, Sean McDermott as coach of the Buffalo Bills? Oh, I I am impressed with how he coaches, how he's organized, what he thinks important, uh, with how he expresses himself. Uh, again, I'll, I'll talk during my um, forty-five-year coaching career, uh, 40, 47 year coaching career. Only five of them were spent as the head coach at the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, and those. They are so rem- so rememberable those years. Every guy on the team graduated. Uh, they were the essence of the student athlete. They were just magnificent. Sean McDonough is a graduate of William and Mary. Even in in Buffalo, I had a couple of William and Mary guys. Uh, Mark Kelso, a great leader on defense, and Steve Christie, who by the way is uh, from Canada, were on uh, our teams. But uh, I'm rambling around a little bit, but th- those are some of my thoughts. Uh, talking about some of the guys who played on your team, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the Bills from your era, Marv, uh, absolutely enthralled us. Uh, Naz and I make, uh, make no apologies. We don't pretend to be anything other than what we are, which is Buffalo Bills fans. <laughs> Always have been. My, my fandom goes back to the Buffalo Bills from the 1960s. Uh, but your 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 uh, your uh, era, late '80s, early '90s, uh, special special in Southern Ontario and Buffalo Bills Nation beyond belief, left so many great memories, so many great players, so many great people uh, on the teams. I mean, you know, watching Jim Kelly uh, go through some of the struggles that he's gone through, and and the speech he gave at at at, at an, an award one night put everybody in tears. Just a remarkable man, uh, Marv. Uh, you're remarkable. Uh, we'll say that um, the t- teams that you coached, some of those characters, um, special 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 group of men. Uh, describe them to us. All right, I sure will. I do recall the day that I was uh, interviewed by the Buffalo Bills for the job uh, back in the mid-season of 1986 uh, by owner Ralph Wilson, a man whom I revere, and by Bill Polian, in my opinion, the best general manager in the history of the National Football League. And the one thing all three of us decided on, we would bring aboard on our team only men, only players of high character. Their personalities might differ. Some extroverts, some some uh, much more reserved. But we brought about only guys of, of high character, and that showed. They never blamed their teammates. They always fought back from from uh, disappointment, from the loss. Uh, they were good citizens, good family guys, and uh, it, it was such a group. I still stay very close touch with so many of the players that were on that team, and try to return to periodic reunions there. Uh, and I remember the fans so well. They were instrumental, despite the, the crushing disappointment of the defeats we experienced. They were instrumental in helping uh, give us motivation, too, to get back uh, to, to the Super Bowl games, even though we never won them. Uh, we never gave up. 
Ness. Marv, uh, you're a baseball guy, and I want to ask you about Hank Aaron and his career. What did you think? Yeah, that was a sad, sad news. Hank Aaron, uh, a great, great. I'm old enough, believe it or not, to remember when Babe Ruth played <laughs> uh, back in the, in the twilight of his career. But uh, Hank, of course, is uh, renowned for having broken uh, Babe Ruth's home run record. Uh, it was sad news. Uh, he, he did a lot to to uh, uh, certainly cast such wonderful feelings and understanding of the of the fine uh, African American athletes that were on the team. Um, but yeah, he passed away. We all know that. Uh, we're talking to Marv Levy. Marv, uh, uh, you, uh, my earliest recollections of you, of course, were the CFL. Uh, the glory days of the Montreal Alouettes in, in the mid 1980s, uh, the ice bowl where everybody was slipping around. Uh, a couple of a uh, couple of great cup victories. Uh, Marv, the CFL uh, didn't have a season this year. How much are you still? Uh, how much do you still follow the CFL? Follow the Alouettes? Uh, you get to Montreal at all? Uh, uh, oh yes, uh, somewhat. Uh, I, I treasured those years. It was a wonderful experience. When I went up there, I, 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 I couldn't speak uh, French in Montreal is primarily, but certainly not completely French-speaking. But I, I, I did learn to speak it. I, I, I loved the fans. Uh, I, again, I, I remember some of those players so well. I still stay in touch with uh, people that is, uh, one or two people that had been in the front office. A player like Larry Smith, who played for me, um, uh, there was a, a a big event here in uh, Chicago that Mike Ditka uh, hosted, Gridiron Greats, and he invited people from all sports from all over. And there were uh, one of my great players with the Alouettes, Peter Dallariva, wow, and, yep. and another of the fine players, the first French Canadian guy. That had played and played so well as Gabriel Gregoire was also there. So uh, I remember it finally. My wife and I, upon occasion, do travel back uh, to Montreal and to some reunions. And uh, those were wonderful years. Yes. Marv, what is the key to winning the game against Kansas City today for Buffalo? What is the key mo- moment going to be? Is key to winning the game today against Kansas City? is outscore your opponents. <laughs> yeah, no one no one knows uh no one knows the the answer. You just plug away, you know, keep on persisting. Play hard, play clean, play to win, win or lose, dig right back in. Uh Marv, you're you're uh you were coach uh for so many, so many years. The Bills uh Bills uh uh, lost to the Chiefs quite handily earlier in the year. I'm sure this must have happened to you a few times in your career. Your your team uh, gets handled, and then you come back at them later on in the season. What uh, what do you do differently? Well, that's true. What, what you just said. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the NFL, of course, and uh, you play your uh, many of your opponents twice. Those in your division during the year, and often there's a split. And uh, little things determine the game. Sometimes somebody else is injured and uh, uh, the, the team misses him. Uh, they're, they're, I, I haven't studied it to a degree. I haven't game-planned. Uh, I don't know the, the, the full rosters, even the full coaching staff of, of those teams. 
uh, it's it'll be a fight. I, I see the odds makers are saying that uh, if uh, Pat Mahonis didn't play, that the Bills would be a four-point favorite. If he did play, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. But the only point spread that counts, as I said before, is the one after the final gun goes off. Uh, Nas, your thoughts on Josh Allen's career and what he's going to be like 10 years from now, Mark? Oh, I'm very impressed with him. I I have to admit, I'm not into it to the degree I could tell you how Every, back when I played, how every quarterback planted his feet, how what to tell from a dip of his shoulder or something like that. But Josh has been wonderful, wonderful quarterback. Two great quarterbacks in that game today between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahonis. Uh, we're talking to Marv Levy. Just a couple of minutes left, Marv, and we'll let you go. I'm going to start off a sentence, and I want you to finish it for me because I just fell in love with all of your sayings over the years. They're inspirational. I used, I've used quite a few of them, Marv, and uh, got got an opportunity in preparing for this today to go over a few of them. But uh, uh, one of my favorites is a reporter asked you uh, one time, uh, "Understand, Coach Levy, that today's game is do or die." And uh, your response, Marv? Well, uh, actually. I think the one that I was asked is after we had lost, I think, two or three of the Super Bowls, one of them, I think, asked, uh, is this a must win? And I said, World War II was a must win. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I absolutely love that one. I have one last question for you, Marv, and then I'll turn it over to Naz for the last question. Uh, uh, Marv, uh, your master's degree in English literature from Harvard. Uh, can't say that it, probably a lot of uh, people in the NFL can say they have a master's degree in English literature from Harvard. Not to, not to be critical of anybody else in the NFL, but that's a pretty unique degree. Uh, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite book that you've ever read? Just curious. Wow, that's a, that is a good one, and I don't know if I can... Or what are... Or t- more favorite two or three books. Just curious. Oh boy. Well, uh, oh, I know what it was. Um, I, I, I tell you, when I was a, uh, a, a student in high school, uh, I yeah. Excuse me a minute. My wife just tapped me on the shoulder to remind me something I've said. But my favorite <laughs> book was. Uh, a Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. And the reason was, I was a mediocre high school student till my senior year, and it wasn't until I got, I, I was in service during World War II, so I did get the GI Bill, and I was a totally changed um, uh, student in college. I got very good grades in, in college. Uh, but um, I, I remember in high school, I was supposed to read A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. I faked it. I didn't read it. I didn't want to read it. <laughs> I was in service. I was injured in the hospital for a few days. There was only one book in the library, A Tale of Two Cities. I, I picked it up. I read it. I was enthralled. It changed my outlook on literature and so many other things. And I think I've read almost, if not everything, that Charles Dickens has written. Naz, I'll turn it over to you for last uh, last thoughts, last question. Marv, I hope uh, the Bills win today, and uh, who will you be watching the game with? Oh, I've been watching it with uh, with my wife, Franny, 
And my, my daughter, Kimberly, has already wants me to be on Zoom with her during the course of the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's, she was quite a fan, quite a fan. And uh, uh, so uh, it'll be my wife, Franny, and my, and my daughter, Kimberly, who lives in the suburbs here in Chicago. Uh, we've been talking to Marv Levy. Marv, I don't know how to express uh, my thanks enough for this this morning. I will tell you that I have spent the better part of the last 15, 20 minutes with a huge smile on my face. The opportunity to speak to you again is uh, is certainly so incredibly rewarding. We speak for Naz as well. We're thrilled to hear that you're doing well. We're thrilled uh, to talk to you and relive some of the great moments, uh, Buffalo Bills, Montreal Alouettes. All we can say is, Marv, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We wish you, your wife, and your family all the best. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you, and thank you for all those kind words. You got me blushing, but uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you and be able to communicate with the fine fans there in Toronto and the area up in Ontario. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marv Levy. Naz, uh, yeah, you know, get an opportunity to chat with Marv Levy. I sort of get goosebumps. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a classier individual in the, I mean, you know, the NFL is full of classy individuals. There's quite a few of them, but Marv Levy is certainly in the, in the top echelon, uh, over time. Um, your thoughts on the interview and the opportunity to speak to Marv? Yeah, it was interesting what he was, what he said about Hank Aaron. That was pretty. Uh, he he watched Babe Ruth play. My God, yeah, uh, uh, Marv was big. Yeah, he watched. That's it, he's ninety five years old, uh, and you know, and and we just had an interview, and and man, he has he hasn't forgotten anything. Articulate, clear. God bless him. God bless him. I I, I hope I'm one quarter as lucky. Uh, as as he's been, uh, just a remarkable man. Um, you know, he was always positive. They lost those four Super Bowls, but you know, in many ways, because of his leadership, uh, because of his attitude, uh, nobody looks upon those teams as losers. We look upon them as winners, uh, and and he's probably the the chief reason for that. Uh, got him back to four straight Super Bowls. Never been done. Um, heartbreaking loss in the first one. Um, ran up against some pretty good Washington and Dallas Cowboy teams. Um, should have won the first one. Um, they had the best team that year. You know, just it didn't it didn't work out. But man, never lost his positive attitude. Never got down on himself. Never got down on his players. Just a remarkable, remarkable time in uh, Buffalo Bills history. Uh, Naz, a minute left. We're down to the final four, and it looks like the Bills have a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, wouldn't it, and we even get a chance to talk about the other game today, which is which is what other game? Remote. What other game? <laughs> Good point, Naz. Uh, yeah, if, if you're uh, if you're Buffalo Bills fans like us, there really is no other game, but there is one. It's Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers. And can you imagine if uh, the Buffalo Bills? I mean, we got our fingers crossed. I know they're up against it. Kansas City Chiefs at home, defending Super Bowl champions, not going to be easy. And certainly the Bills are not. Well, you know what I was envisioning. Buffalo Tampa Bay final and Buffalo kicking Brady's ass because that's even the here is even you know, and I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, Naz, but yeah, I'd love to see the Bills in Tampa Bay against Brady. And guess where they're playing? They're playing in Tampa. Tampa. 
Where did Scott Norwood miss that field goal? It was in Tampa. Wouldn't it be incredible if uh, the Bills field goal kicker kicks a 52-yard field goal on the last play of the game to, to win the game? Man, that's a Hollywood script. Uh, like I said, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We've got defending Super Bowl champions ahead of us today, man. But that, that would be, you know, hope springs eternal. I guess we can uh, we can certainly hope and cross our fingers. And uh, That's that, what I've been uh, hoping for. Anyways, the clock has struck 10. Naz, last words. Go Bills! Go Bills! To all our listeners, have a safe and fantastic week. Thanks so much for listening in. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.